welcome to Scene Invaders. I'm Bill, along with my dear friend and co-host today, Chone. How you doing, my friend? Don't lie to the people. We're not dear friends. I've never even met you even in real life. <laughs> hmm. Well, this is starting off great with Danny. Could you not start with that? Jesus. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, buddy. I'm doing good. Well, obviously, you're hearing that we are without El Capitan. Danny right now is in the lab working up some magic. So you will see him on the next episode. So as they would say, like on the Enterprise, Sean, uh, we have the con or I guess I have the con right now. But that would make you like, I mean, Spock and Kirk are pretty good. I mean, either or I don't really think you could go wrong. I like I would rather think of myself as more of a Will Riker type of type of a oh, I mean, number you one can, you could go with that too i mean whatever, i mean whatever you know i mean hey man even if we don't see john frank john uh, franks or what's his name francis flakes jonathan flakes you know in front of the camera a lot he's always behind the camera so as always guys make sure to hit up steve del carlino from cruise planners sponsor as always dell's travel company uh from anywhere from europe to the magic kingdom from like an luxury ocean liner to a river cruise, all-inclusive resorts on a tropical beach. Steve Del Carlino is your guy. Make sure to stay tuned for the middle and the end for some ads where you're getting information on his mailing list and how you can find out more information. Uh, also, guys, remember everything with our Apple reviews, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Everything has been going great. We're working on that Rotten Tomatoes yep. certified publication. Uh, if you do not have Apple, please still subscribe on however you want to check out your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, any other way that you want to access it. Along with our YouTube page, uh, we have all this new content coming out a little bit more that we'll talk about in a minute. But we do have some good announcements, actually, overall, just a little housekeeping to start the episode. We've promised you guys that we're going to give you more content, more ways to access Scene Innovators and Starting this week, we are going to proud to say we are going to have a second podcast channel. Now, this isn't going to be for the fiction podcast. That'll come later and that'll be its own thing. And Daniel decide how he wants to release that, whether on the main page or as its own thing. But this is going to be Scene Invaders Plus. So what we're going to do is we're going to take any of our YouTube shows, things like Chone's Corner, our new show that I'll announce after this, anything that in our backlog, we're going to start releasing daily one day this week, and we'll make sure to put it out there on social media. We're aiming for you know, Tuesday, possibly Wednesday, and we're going to release all these back episodes. The new episodes as they release on YouTube will give you an audio way. So if you aren't big on YouTube, you more so want to listen to something in the car while you're at work. There's such good content that we came to realize as a team that we didn't want to just limit it. Now we know we're going to grow our YouTube page and it's going to get there, but we'd rather you guys get this content. And if that's how you want to hear it, and we've had people request to hear some of the stuff via audio. So we decided that we're going to go ahead and do it. And um, Sean, for someone who's got a lot of stuff with Chone's Corner and some of your upcoming stuff, this has got to be pretty exciting for you. This is pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, if for the older listeners that you know first was with us when Chone's Corner was a small little thing and then I blew up as a you know YouTube sensation but um but yeah we're gonna backlog all them we're gonna archive them and this is gonna be exciting and again like Bill said this is just more ways to be able to get you guys fresh content you know I mean let's face it there's not that much out there and let's just you know we're trying you know we're trying folks so obviously, 
we have some things obviously churns corner has been big on youtube we've had a few clips from our gaming we had some of the debates the who's wins and we'll get all of that like we said on audio but something that we're excited to announce we did say there'll be new youtube content new shows so i do have a new show to announce that the first episode is actually at the time of this recording has just gone live on youtube and the audio will be available will be the first audio available on scene invaders plus like i said this tuesday or wednesday it's called the, the reality guys it's hosted by myself, uh, along with co-host Brian, who, you know, for Past Assault, our Twitch channel, and first-time Scene Invaders guest co-host, our dear friend Kevin. So, as a team, we all kind of were talking about different things we'd want to do, and one part of our demographics and kind of our TV and film, you know, they say filmography or our portfolio of things we cover, we don't really cover any kind of reality TV. And let's face it, yes, for pop culture, uh, pop culture, it almost seemed like almost obvious that it seemed a little lacking. But also, too, for one of our co-hosts also being a reality, a reality TV star himself, it's it's weird that we're that we don't cover this. Who are you talking about? Oh, you're talking. Oh, well, myself, of course, <laughs> I was on uh, Married at First Sight. I was on the eighth season. Uh, I was on the first episode. I was about like maybe five minutes in and I only lasted about maybe three minutes on screen, but I was there folks. I was there. All right. Out of Guys, 40, that's, a, that's what let's 40,000 people. I got picked. It's what we like to picked. call uh, a spoiler there, but the show, like I said, is kind of self-explanatory. It's about reality television. So we're going to go talk about any kind of range of shows this one specifically the premiere episode is about the premiere of the bachelor pretty obvious to cover the bachelor if we're talking about reality television we think it's going to be funny and different is we are three straight men who are in different stages of relationships uh kevin's single i'm engaged brian is happily married so it's it's a cool perspective and you know i think there's a lot of people out there like ourselves who watch these shows and kind of closet watch the shows and don't want to let people know they're either embarrassed or it's, they just think for whatever reason it's just not cool to talk about we're going to here to kind of break that and also to maybe convert some people to hear what we're into it and if they're into our you know recommendations for other shows movies tv maybe they'll trust our recommendations for this it's a lot of fun it's a lot of serious things going on in the world right now and i think it was we thought it'd be fun to highlight some of the not so serious things so the first episode like i said is already in the can it is going to be live on youtube sunday so the time you guys are hearing this it is live on youtube and then it'll be available via audio scene invaders plus later this week yep and i'm pretty excited about that i don't watch a lot of reality television and this is going to give me the perfect excuse to to do so i'm exactly kind of excited and, and speaking of Brian, our Twitch, we're happy to say, is now active. Uh, Brian, Dan, myself did some testing during the week. We kind of figured out our issues with chat over cross platforms, figuring out what exactly we're going to be doing, who would be streaming what. It seems like you know, Brian, obviously, with Past Assault and follow him, Salty Brian on Twitter. He's obviously going to continue with his stream. He plays a lot of things like Apex Legends, and he's going to obviously continue those, you know, his normal types of games. But we're also going to expand it to view Call of Duty. Dan, myself, Sean have been playing. 
Brian has it downloaded. We're going to play as well. We want to be able to open it up to listeners to play with us. We're going to put it out there in social media. We'd love to have some of you guys jump into the parties with us and are trying watch to how many times I die. Yeah. Well, I'll be all of us. I mean, none of us are anyway proficient but we're kind of learning together so i think when we get that first win it's going to be super fun and then our tried and true Fortnite definitely going to be streaming Fortnite a lot from the scene invaders account uh, i'll be doing that a lot but dan who is a beast sean and myself who i'd say really like intermediate and then obviously, i apparently am better i'm apparently have gotten so much better sean's stats are definitely up. getting better danny your, hit your me up the KD other day yeah. Yeah, yeah my kd yeah i'm like one per, i'm like one percent which is like very good so it was cool wow. to see that on your solos that you're not like hiding you're definitely out there trying to fight and stuff your kd reflects that oh yeah really cool. i'm like hey man i'm like the rain man of fortnite all right so exciting stuff overall so we want to jump into the content uh last week we did mention that we had watched cobra kai danny was almost finished he has finished now he'll give his thoughts next episode but Sean and I both did finish season three. We're not going to go into a huge deep dive. We just wanted to give our overall thoughts. But now, spoiler warning, if you haven't finished yet, but I think at this point, anyone who's big on Cobra Kai has definitely finished. Sean, why don't you give me your just overall thoughts on the season and what was your like biggest take? I mean, I think just like you, I finished it in one day i just in one entire sitting i mean there there are short episodes they're like half an hour they're not long you know um but i really enjoyed it and it's cool that they're going through like it's almost like each karate kid is its own series its own like season you know what i mean mm -hmm. like definitely I completely forgot about the Karate Kid thing that like he went to Osaka and I for and I forgot about the Chonza and the other and the other girlfriend and the other like love like so like when I first started season three I was expecting to hear back from like the ex girlfriend like right then and there but they did not do that at all mm -hmm. you know they kind of yeah. like led up to that no, so I, I like think it. it's great so overall I guess now with the scene set how do you see this progressing out as least far as they're obviously setting up the next tournament there are three dojos but the two dojos are eagle fang and the miyagi do are aligned versus cobra kai we obviously saw the tease it looks like john silver is going to be brought back into the fold like you said now we're seeing karate kid part three getting some love we've seen love for the first two parts already um what exactly. do you if if you had just quick knee jerk reaction, who wins the next tournament right now? Knee jerk. I think it's a tie. I think it's an old true '80s tie of some sort. You know what I mean? That there's no winners. Okay. You know, because think about it. We're you know we live in a world of participation trophies. So I can't not see the show kind of going that way. You know what I mean? Let's I, face it. I, I, this I, isn't great writing. I, I don't know. know. I knew that they were going to like join forces at the end. You know, it just like there's only so many times that they could be fighting back and forth. Yeah, you know? I, I, I think they're going to give you a winner. This show seems like they said they have a few more seasons, at least in 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 planning. So I don't know in theory if they're going to do two more tournaments. We know there's another tournament coming. I would almost think that they might go with even Danny's daughter winning. I think everyone thinks it's going to be Miguel and Robbie with the obvious rematch. I don't see them going with the obvious rematch, but the yeah. counter argument to that is that they are just playing these out like eighties action films. These, they are 
you're getting exactly what you think is going to happen. So I'm also not opposed to a good old fashioned rematch. Robbie needs to see the light of day. I, we, you can understand some of his motivations, but it just looks like he's looking for any one trigger. He always comes in and walks in at the wrong moment and doesn't just chill for five seconds. Robbie, that's Robbie's problem. Robbie doesn't wait for three, four seconds to maybe just not take it at face value. And at this point, he's, do you think he would have learned? Cause it's happened a few times now that he's got himself screwed. Now again, Johnny's no great father. And neither there is Danny to a certain extent in certain ways, emotionally, but I well, think overall, yeah, because they're painting him as the father that, you know, has this big, huge, successful career and successful job and business and like neglects his kids. And this is, you know, him slowly opening back up and, you know, him. Yeah. So, so, I think overall, we kind of agreed one of the non-spoiler that I think this was the best season overall. Great to see the, the throwbacks. Great to kind of see that they didn't stretch the Miguel stuff out too long. It's kind of suspect that he was in a coma for two weeks, and it seems like two weeks later he was walking. And not only walking, he was doing kung fu fighting so again i will take the suspension of disbelief they're kind of pulling some game of thrones like travel time things going on here where a bit yeah a, bit. a little bit but overall everyone i i think everyone agrees we can't wait it, with a january 2021 release we're probably looking december 2021 more than likely something probably like january 2022 maybe they'll do it for new year's just like they did it last year maybe that could become a cool netflix yeah. tradition as long as it, they don't rush it you know what i mean i, I don't just think so get it no. out you know it sounds like they have plans it, so i you know that's always encouraging they have seems like they have arcs and I think there is still plenty of Miyagi verse to go. We really, like you said, you really haven't seen part three. You haven't seen, and the next karate kid with uh, Hillary Swank, that is canon. They've already come out and said anything where Mr. Miyagi appeared is canon for Cobra Kai. So those, you know, I don't that, think I've watched that. Is that gone? Ba is that gone? Oh, gone? I said that? it's called the next that karate million kid. Dollar baby? The next Karate Kid, it's on Disney. It was probably early 2000s. I could look up the exact date for you. Uh, but Mr. Miyagi trains a female student who is a young Hillary Swank. Interesting. And I wonder it's why a, I never saw it. I it's a Disney-owned film, so there may be a chance that it is on Disney+. Plus. It's from 19, it. 1994, Sean. Uh, it's on Netflix, actually. The next Karate Kid. So technically, the Karate Kid Part 4, canonically. Interesting. So yeah, so you should definitely check it out. It's kind of funny that Disney would that Disney would jump on that boat to like, you know, like spin off the Karate Kid. Really like, that's such a Disney thing. That wasn't too. really like a 90s thing, though. You know, yeah. even like you had Batman. There was a few Batman films. They switched it up. and There would be a couple by another director, a couple by another director, a few standalone things. They didn't really mind universes. The next Karate Kid was, I say, similar to like a Disney Channel original movie. You know, mm -hmm. and it may actually I'm not sure if it was technically a Disney Channel original movie. It may have had a theatrical release, but funny i'm looking at rotten tomatoes seven percent metacritic 36 percent. it's not that bad i mean it's definitely the worst karate kid movie but it's definitely better than the will you know the jaden smith one with jackie chan i will tell you that 
You know, I didn't an, another one I never saw. So don't, it, don't was bother. Jackie was Jackie Chan Mr. Miyagi? Jackie Chan's Mr. Miyagi, yeah, which is the it makes sense. He's the only obvious person if you have somebody playing Mr. Miyagi now who's alive, but it's so disrespectful. <laughs> I I don't think he was really even even gone that long before they they did that. So we're gonna move on to what's new, what we watched. Uh, Sean, I want to get your thoughts first before we dive into the meaty, my meaty thing of what I saw. Can you give me your thoughts quickly on the Marvel Studios Legends Wanda and Vision? Now, obviously, Wanda Vision is going to premiere this Friday. It's gonna have two episodes for the premiere. Uh, but this was supposed to be like your appetizer and warm you up and get you into the characters. But from what you were saying in the in the text, Sean, you didn't seem too happy with it. No, I was not happy at all with it. So Marvel Legends is a play on the old comic book run legends that Marvel used to put out back in the day. And what they're doing with this Marvel Legends series is that they're about seven to eight minutes long. They're very short. And they're all just cutaway scenes or flashbacks from like, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron, Civil War, Affinity War, showing the perspective of Wanda Maximoff, setting her up at least in the, you know, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, using the old footage from there, drawing it to kind of create some sort of a story. They also did one with Vision as well, where, you know, showing his time as Jarvis up to you know his you know birth of age of ultron and who he is that he's not jarvis nor is he the thing that ultron was trying to make and things like that so i originally thought this was going to be a series that they were going to delve into the comic book aspect and how they're and what their backstories were and what they did in the past but they didn't do that at all so no um, real and that's what how the trailers at least look to me uh, I actually had told you before we were recording, hey, I'm going to take a quick watch of this. It'll be cool. I want to see all the Easter eggs they mentioned and the comic book runs. And you're like, well, don't bother because they don't mention it. And that yeah. was disappointing to hear. I, I, They do such a good job in so many of their vignette kind of things behind the scenes, not just Marvel, but Star Wars, anything Disney owned. They do the Pixar stuff and they do such a great job of connecting them to lore and backstory and even literary devices and allegory and things like that. But to just hear that they were glorified trailers, it's kind of disappointing. I would rather them just release that on YouTube or out on social media. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but I also think too, I think it's a little tricky to delve into the past of these characters because like all like the beauty part about the Marvel cinematic universe is that they're not, out there trying to reinvent the wheel that's why dc fails because they're always trying to go back to the drawing board and reinvent the wheel marvel just goes back to you know some of their old stories and then just fluffs them up and changes it a little bit and makes it better so and especially with marvel you know phase four they're going to get into a lot of you know avengers west coast things and a lot of them storylines, you know, because that's essentially where the Marvel, where the WandaVision series. It's called them having a plan. They have a plan. They These are not just, hey, this might be a good idea. This WandaVision show, for example, was not an idea that Feige came up with a year ago. This was something four or five years ago. They, Paul Bettany mentions being bummed out, not being in the end game final fight scene where all the characters that had gotten snapped return and obviously he was not snapped he had his stone taken from him which was in essence who he is his soul but 
Feige on the set of Endgame reassured him. They're in interviews. I remember they were talking about it in like the lead up to WandaVision. Now they're giving a lot of interviews and he's explained to him why he didn't come back, but then also where it was going for them. And he was satisfied enough with that where he said he totally for, like got over not being in the climax of, you know, the overall beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, oh, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, they're going to trust Feige's plan, you know, and they can't just squash that type of ip especially how famous the vision was and things like that and there's so many different avenues that you can go with vision and, and also scarlet witch as well you know so overall not the best way for them to lead in but we will be obviously watching the first two episodes we haven't fully decided how we are going to you release our reviews. We will give full review on the next episode after they air on Scene Invaders. So probably you know, next Monday or so. You guys can hear it on the regular podcast, but we're definitely going to do something else separate, probably on YouTube, Sean, I would probably think. We, yes, we are. We're going to be doing reviews just like we did with The Mandalorian yeah. with the WandaVision episode on Chone's Corner. So Perfect. make sure you're subscribed to get all of that content as well. So that's going to be that's going to be super exciting. That's going to be a lot of hard work, folks. We're going to talk about doing even some of the things Sean and I had uh, dabbled with some of the live watches. So we may even, we're not going to commit to every week, but for some of them, we may brave and wake up early in the morning or watch it live here. East coast is 3 AM. So it is tough, but we may for a few of them, just get the quick live reaction of ourselves watching and get that out on YouTube as well. And you guys can have that playing along with you while you watch it for the first time. So you feel like you're watching it with, other scene invaders family and we can even work on maybe rotating in some other hosts if people would be interested in seeing what danny's live reaction is to an episode or sean's myself uh we could go from there Definitely. but we got a lot of great reaction from that uh from that video that we did and it was the pretty one with the mandalorian was funny i mean you missing the thing you can't make that up so no no at all that's why you never look at your phone kids uh sean is there anything so obviously past that was there anything you watched this week that you were read or did that you did like yeah um i did i watched a six minute uh short video also on disney plus uh burrow um it's a story about a bunny trying to find his home and he's burrowing through the ground and he's trying to make this big little home but he can't, so he tries to bury, he tries to extend it, but there's people on the other sides, and it's cool. It's cute. It's a, it's worth a watch. It's PG. Okay. So it's very for kids, but like, you know, there's no voices or anything like that. It's kind of like a silent film. Okay. Um, but like, it's, it, it's cute. It's all right. You know, I, I wouldn't say you have to totally watch it, but it was cute. It was good. Um, I watched a Kong Skull Island, uh, I think for the first time. Oh, it was your first time. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, it was okay. I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, Tom Hiddleston's in it. Mm -hmm. The dad from Step Brothers, scumbag senator, he's in it. Uh, Samuel motherfucking Jackson's in it as well. You there have you John go. Goodman, he's in it. You have John C. Riley, he's in it. He's funny. You have Brie Larson, Captain Marvel herself, she's in it. So like, it was a good. It was a star-studded cast um but like i don't know like i i really like tom hiddleston but i don't see him as leading man material like there were certain things that he was doing in, in the movie that just i was like i don't really believe that well do you think does that apply now are you saying that just in general 
filmography. I, I mean, do you don't think that do you I, think that's going to apply for Loki? I mean, he has a no, series. no, no, no. I don't. I don't think it's going to apply for Loki because they're two separate characters. You know what I mean? This yeah. was, the, you know, Kong Island was trying to make his character more of like a British Indiana Jones type, you know, which like he he, he was good. It just uh, I don't know. I think I think when you have a CG a big huge CGI monkey everything's just not believable and it's hard you know versus having a god of mischief you know as silly as that sounds but i think that's a little bit more believable i think it's relative too, sean it's with kong versus godzilla coming this year and legendary and it sounds like warner brothers from the news this week that they're getting close to working out the deal to making everyone happy enough with legendary and everything to make sure that they still release on streaming like they promised but with things starting to open up and things starting to ease and certain restrictions in certain states at least in certain areas in the united states and also internationally obviously has been a different story for certain countries yeah. uh it is going to still get a big screen release but they obviously made this promise about hbo max getting a lot of these films so they're going to do their darndest i think on the Warner side now to try to save face and make sure that these films do release on streaming because they did promise it to people. So they're also hedging their bets as well, because who knows what, what's going to happen in the next six months that, you know, we may all go back on lockdown, you know? So they're hedging their bets folks. Yeah. So moving on, Sean, anything else did you watch that you like? Yeah, I watched, um, I watched a uh, Superman man of tomorrow. It's a new super animated Superman series that they got uh, series movie that it came out for DC. Um, it was cool. It was cool. It was an interesting take on the, on the origin story. It was new. Um, uh, Lobo was in it. Loved him. Loved seeing him. Uh, Lobo's cool. Is this yeah. animated? This is animated. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is animated uh john jones he was in it as well he was badass although there was no oreos uh there was huh? not to interrupt i do have a question though Sean. so you watch all these dc animated things i haven't seen a lot of them but from at least what i see on twitter and just from critical reviews people love them they're really well done they're interconnected they take very famous runs and they do them well with respect and they interlude them it reminds me at least from what i'm hearing of almost like the x-men and spider-man how they did the animated series correctly for things i know these are different people doing them but I, my overall question is one is that true and two why are they able to do that so well but it seems like it's such an issue with the overall dc EU outside of listen I know the Jeff Johns we know a lot of the Walter Hamada outside I don't of all think that stuff, any of that I the don't storytelling think though why are they able to do it well on animated I don't think it's that they can do it well on animated better they can do it on the big screen I think it's that it's much easier to be able to animate everything that they're doing and tell that story a lot better and have you as the viewer receive it in a better light than like watching justice league and you're kind of picking apart like oh that's not oh you can't do that because in a cartoon you're it's anything can happen but when you're set in real life there's things that you know like i said like a cgi big huge 
gorilla that's you know sometimes <laughs> just not sometimes just not believable you know what i mean versus if you saw it on a cartoon you'd be like oh okay i can fly you know i can roll with it well you not know? only can you believe it you could believe you know just like our throwback to our the arrowverse a little bit that a cgi monkey could also have mind control powers yeah exactly and it's just uh, so so i think as the viewer you're you get more into it versus them seeing it live action but that's no excuse for the crap that they've put out <laughs> you know it um, is just an interesting thing like you said we we don't we're not here to bash dc we are like i said we're we from sean's reviews and from sean's always told me and from this these animated films are great they're definitely worth a watch and something worth supporting so they keep yeah. making them right and i love dc that, right i love dc these dc comic book movies are like an ex-girlfriend that abuses me but i keep on going back to her you know because i just i just want her to change i know that she, <laughs> she can get better oh uh, i know i get no listen that's a great listen that's a i think that's an apt analogy as as any I, I think we all, especially as kids, I mean, it's always, it was always like Spider-Man, Batman. So we always have half and half and Batman, thankfully, even though he's had a plenty of misses, he's had plenty of tries and plenty of home runs. So like I've always but even said, the misses though are really, even like, they're enjoyable. still fun and campy, but like I've said before, we really hope that these characters do get the proper shine in live action, but um, overall, Sean, is that it? Did you have anything? That's else? pretty much, that's really pretty much it. Why spend four weeks planning your one-week vacation? Let cruise planners simplify your life. Cruise planners travel experts have been there and done that and can offer you the best deals and plan all your details. Cruise planners will help you find the perfect vacation spot by land or by sea. Contact Steve Del Carlino from Cruise Planners by calling 610-368-0908 or at dellstravelcompany.com for the best vacations at the best value. What we like to call this is good radio, folks. Sometimes you have a mind fart, and now Sean is desperately, you can't see it right now, but clicking away. Uh, but while Sean's looking that up, you know, that's like something old that he saw. I will start to mention just some stuff that I did start. Um, I started Death Ozark. Death in the Family. Okay. So, Sean, I started Ozark season one. I never watched Ozark before. I am about seven episodes in. I love it so far. Really tense. It's, it's the it's it's the most the first 10 minutes of that series is the most intense 10 minutes I've ever watched. I, not even past that. I, every episode, it, it's just tense. And Jason maybe does a great job. He just this this guy that doesn't sleep and it's just it's very smart and always the mind's always going. And I, I you know, I'm not gonna spoil it for anyone who doesn't know Ozark, but it's really cool. It is a slow burn in the beginning. The beginning is a cool hook, but the first few episodes do do a little bit of world building like any show. Um, but I'm seven episodes in. I'm definitely going to finish the first three seasons that are available. Oh, um, I, oh you really have to. It's a great series. It's it's hard to uh, it's hard to binge because it's so like cringy and there's like a lot of things that happen. Definitely not but, like five episodes in a row. That's a point I actually had here in my notes. I do like one at a time half an episode but I, like i said i'm seven in uh and i would have probably gotten more in except for which i will get to at the end of my what i watch kind of took up the chunk of my time and we'll kind of take up the chunk of our discussion on that uh just also quick hit reality stuff obviously announcing the reality guys show uh we i watched the bachelor season 25 premiere it was a two-hour 
premiere event. It's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to you guys seeing and listening to it. It's it, it really was a good time. And also the big reality show that you know Kevin and I at least are big on right now is The Challenge, which has been awesome this season and we will definitely put out some more youtube content and stuff you love we... the challenge man oh i've been a big challenge guy forever and honestly man if you think i love it kevin is a huge challenger i have a lot of buddies and i know a lot of people even like like friends of ours saw like mutual friends like a lot of philadelphia people people are like super into it so i think that they're well it'll be cool it'll just bring a different crowd in that maybe hasn't caught us before uh, but I think then we'll stay for the other great stuff. Uh, the One only- reality show you got me into just to, before yeah. we jump onto the other thing was uh, Catfish. That was one. Oh, catfish is great. No, catfish is hooked on. No, catfish is quality, quality stuff. I mean, there are some new episodes now. They're doing all the catfishing kind of remote. They're almost catfishing the catfishers, like per se, because they have to do it online and make them confess online. So it's a little less shock factor in your face. But hey, look. The guy's got to work. So, dude, he's on cameo. They, oh, I know. He was his... on. He was on Dancing with the Stars and everything. Man, he, yeah. he's 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 doing well. But uh, the only other thing that I'll touch on quickly before I dive in, uh, I watched a documentary on Amazon Prime. Sean and I know Danny would be into this as well with his upcoming Dungeons and Dragons campaign, and then our future Scene Invaders Dungeons and Dragons campaign. It's called Yay. Game Master on Amazon Prime. It follows some aspiring board game creators and it kind of builds you into the process too of how tough it is to get a board game out there get it popular find shelf space it's much akin to a lot of other retail things such as clothing and other merchandising oh it's it's a real bitch and um it it shows how much time and investing and it's also really cool it shows the test playing and different cons and things that obviously right now have to be tough for people that they're not able to do because that shows a big part of it is the test playing that they're able to kind of go to these larger scale events and and share with people yeah oh yeah feedback and when they go too, you know, like when they'll take a position up in, uh, you know, let's say Wizard World or any of these big, huge comic book conventions, it's not just a few tables, folks. It's half of a wing of a convention center, you know, and it's just tables and tables and tables of people just playing for hours and hours and hours. It's insane. It's insane. It's, no, it really, it really is. And, uh, it's really cool to watch. I just think that overall our listeners, viewers, everyone would really, really enjoy it. So that's on Amazon Prime. But my main event of what I spent the bulk of my week content-wise was, um, Sean, I finished the first novel, Light of the Jedi, uh, Star Wars, the beginning of the new Star Wars High Republic content platform. If anyone's not aware of this, uh, Luke, yes, Disney, Lucasfilm, LucasArts, everyone involved with Star Wars in general, they're releasing a new content. Like I said, it's like almost a new content platform. So it's going to be set during the era of the High Republic, 200 years before any of the films take place that any of us are familiar with, you know, episode one through nine, the Skywalker saga, pre any of the other you know, spinoff movies. Uh, it kind of how just like the title sounds, the High Republic is almost, I like to say, it's similar to the height of Rome. Everything is prosperous. There's peace in the galaxy. There is a chancellor who wants to do good as opposed to a secret Sith Lord. Uh, you know, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. Uh, a lot of lore things too, just a lot of discoveries and things that we have heard as Easter eggs and kind of just banter in the Star Wars universe are talked about things about hyperspace. 
uh, things about like uh, Banta and you know the medical kind of stuff. But really, the whole crux of the storyline and this first novel is the kickoff to this. There's going to be other novels, comics. Uh, How many they, pages is the it? The Acolyte. Uh, it was 400 pages. Uh, the Acolyte, which they announced at the Disney Investor, that's going to be a Disney Plus series that's going to take place towards the end of this High Republic era. Uh, but it's kicked off by what they referred to it as the Great Disaster. So there is a a large calamity that occurs, and I'm not going to spoil that because it's pretty quickly hit upon in the books. The first couple chapters hit you quick. It is like an action movie hits you off. It reminds me almost like the beginning of episode three. You're off in a battle and boom, you're ready to go. But it involves this great disaster. Uh, in turn, the Republic and obviously then the Jedi want to respond to this disaster. They want to investigate it and they want to find the cause and be able to save anyone or anything that they can that was may have been affected by this uh you're then introduced to the overarching villains which are called the nihil the nihil are i'd like to say space vikings they aren't of any one particular race or creed they basically go around and raid they get into very much into the structure of the nihil and i don't want to get into that that all is spoilers and really cool stuff too it's it sounds like the uh, for from the Star Wars Legends material, the uh, what were they called? The Yusan Vong. Vong. I think yeah, and I actually think the Yusan Vong could possibly even come. They may even include this in some way here, or someone is similar based off of them. They're a little different. They're a little bit even more savage, just in the respect of just there was just they're nomads. They're like the cons. They're just they're yeah. just pillaging and going around and but they do have a like i want to say a, a supernatural a mystical side to them with one of the main characters that is really intriguing and i think they're leading this guy up to be the big bad of this era highly 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 recommend i've gone through personally over the years i've read the extended universe stuff which i think are the best novels but even in the canon stuff this is really up there it's probably my top five of the novels what's really cool about it too is that it's the Jedi are Jedi. The Jedi are space wizards. They are wholly good. You, they are out there to just be, I like to say the friendly neighborhood Jedi, because there there's times where they're going and just rescuing citizens and quick little guys. It's not these galactic war and everything like that. So I think overall, Sean, you would be a big fan. It's lore building. And I think our listeners would totally love it. Cool. Cool. So I should buy it. No, you should definitely buy it. It's an audiobook on audible. It's on Kindle hardcover um but it's did going to continue did you read it or did you get the audiobook no i have it on kindle actually okay i might I, get the audiobook I, it sounds like it sounds to me that they're putting in a lot of uh you know a lot of cred creds in this so i'm sure the audiobook is going to be jam-packed with like sound oh i'm sure they're going to have like sound effects there's going to be music. music i'm sure my second time through my second time through is usually via audiobook on these uh just so people know there was also a youth novel that was released the same day this week it's like 200 pages again it's aimed a little bit towards middle school age kids i think they said around like 12 years old i still will obviously pick that up it's going to have some new characters introduced that are going to be involved in the overall scene there'll be a comic book that's launching as well this week and then a, a second comic launching next month uh, yeah. a second novel a more mature novel next month and apparently the follow-up to this one 
uh, will be a novel in July, one that's more of a direct follow-up to the events of this novel. So definitely. I'm cool. definitely going to pick up the comic book. I'll definitely try to be able to do a Chones, review, uh, Chones Corner review, but the comic, when I, uh, when I pick it up, uh, I'm excited for that. That's awesome. I definitely want to hear your thoughts on the comic. I think that's going to be really cool. And it's cool that we're seeing a, a time period that's not explored. And I think that the idea is that eventually we're going to find out some things about some characters, some events, and then we'll, that will inform us post episode nine, even. And I think like you said, like you song long, things like that. I think some yeah. of these extra galactic threats outside of our known galaxy have to be things that they're going to mine. Yeah, I mean, they sound a little like the interesting part about the Yusan Vong was that they were what they were non, they were they weren't affected by the force. You couldn't use the force on them or something like that. Which that's you know that's disarming the Jedi. Then you have to rely on your physical skills. Rely on, and I like that too because it. And I think that's why we like the Mandalorian so much. It's not just force users win, and having things that are force, you know, immune. That totally changes the game and makes people like Mandalorians, makes these other regular soldiers, droids, aliens way more attractive. That's why I like that's something I really like about like Star Trek. There isn't the overall power of one race that is the overarching power. Nothing beats Except for it. Q. Ah, Q. Can't but, but those are like individual characters. Like you said, there's not just one race or one power like oh the federation has this power so we're screwed the jedi of the force yeah. overall if you don't have the force you're probably screwed and that's a great point and that's actually partly the reason why i actually enjoyed the uh this past season of star trek discovery because it's set like 900 years into the future and there's no dilithium there was this big huge uh calamity called the burn similar to what star wars is doing so yeah well, great. So that's what we're watching at the end of the episode. We'll give what we're going to watch this week. Um, just some quick news stories, guys, and then we will get out of here. We, we had mentioned earlier, WandaVision premieres this Friday, January 15th. There's going to be two episodes for the premiere, and they did confirm that there's going to be nine overall episodes for the series, Sean. Uh, the point yes. I wanted to check with you is that they've confirmed also Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be six episodes. They haven't confirmed Loki yet. There's some speculation, but I'm not going to put anything out there until we have something confirmed. My question to you is, even if it's the same amount of time period for these MCU stuff specifically, would you prefer the nine episode run or do you prefer how Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to do the six episode? I guess you would say quicker, akin to a more mini series style. Um, does that suggest to you that maybe WandaVision could have a second season because they're doing longer seasons? Um, and also, do you like shorter or longer? You know, do you like shorter episode count, but longer episodes or longer episode count, but shorter episodes? I think it matters to me about the story. Like if the story deems it to be six episodes, then and we are able to fit everything in there except for the cliffhanger. I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, WandaVision is obviously, you know, putting out two episodes back to back because obviously we haven't gotten a lot of things, but I think what Falcon and Winter Soldier is really supposed to be is like you said, a mini series, a kind of one-off. And then if it does well, then yeah, they're going to pick it up as a second season, much like they're going to do one division. But if it doesn't do well, you know, uh, they're just going to go on to the next thing. And I don't know if one division is going to have a, second season i don't know how they can yeah. especially stepping into the 
multiverse right multiverse and the madness and everything like that like will there be what what's going to be left to have a Wanda <laughs> exactly no I, I thought about that after i asked and like i said it is posted in kevin foggy said even in the disney investor call that it directly leads into both spider-man 3 and dr strange multiverse of madness and i agree with you sean i think the story dictates it I like the miniseries style. I would like to do six episode runs. That's me selfishly wanting to get more content every week and wanting to kind of burn through it because we're all admittedly bingers and especially here for like the show would love to be able to have more to dig into every week. You know, sometimes with those shorter episodes, I hate the F word, the famous word, but filler. And the you know, more episodes, the more chance you may have even clunkers. I think with those tighter longer form stories like they tell too them. much trying to put too much into too little of a bag kind of thing yeah i, I trying to make an episode out of 30 minutes of content that probably needed to be combined with another episode to make sense i think even on twitter and you could say i saw people saying even with the star trek discovery finale they thought that the finale should have taken like the final two weeks and just combined them because there's almost like a lot of people yeah. kind of saw the the end coming and it should have just been like bang bang in one night yeah, as opposed to just bang was, and then wait a week and then another bang it was stretched out like three episodes and so it was unnecessarily long so that's I something agree. to be careful of and again we always at this podcast and foggy we trust danny is the biggest mcu fanboy that we have here and he definitely would agree that whatever they think i'll be curious like i said when we'll talk on next episode i'll ask him that same question what he prefers uh but Listen, talking about if Kai, if, if kevin foggy fucks up i'm gonna give him a call personally i have his number and there we go now now we're, he probably just changed his number uh but we were talking about sean mentioned multiverse of madness and this actually segues perfectly into our next news story uh yes. disney has tapped michael waldron to write kevin feige's led star wars film he's the writer showrunner for the first season of loki which is the upcoming disney plus uh, series that we've talked about tom hiddleston led he also was the writer for the mcu feature film like we mentioned doctor strange into the multiverse of madness that was a big that's a, so much with Sam Raimi directing. They're talking about all the cameos and the crazy things that they're working. That would have to be such a bitch to juggle. Yeah, that, he gets a lot on his plate so that if he they've obviously they have the scripts. They're all finalized and stuff for those projects. If they're that impressed with him, they signed him to this deal with also includes him. I don't think he's going to be the showrunner for season two of Loki, but he's going to be an executive producer and kind of oversee to make sure that it kind of continues on the track that he sets out. It doesn't so, seem like he'll have time to be a showrunner season two. I, you know, <laughs> and it seems like people are doing a ton of crap. But my question for you, Sean, kind of segueing off of this is obviously they, this was rumored Feige leading anything people are going to get amped, but we've had some other people that are going to be leading star Wars films. And specifically, I want to ask you, are you more intrigued and excited about a Kevin Feige helmed star Wars film or a Taika Watiti, which is confirmed star Wars helmed film? I don't know. That's a really good question. You know, like I love Taika Watiti. I love a lot of his work. Um, he always surprises me. You know, like where, like where the Wilder things movie. That was a great movie that I didn't expect to love. Um, but I mean, Kevin Feige has never let me down ever, and I'm I'm pretty excited for him to do something with Star Wars. So I have to say, I have to say Kevin Feige, but I'm probably just as equally excited for a Taika Waititi thing, you know, Star Wars led movie because you understand it. It's going to be silly, and it's not. It's going to be Star Warsy, but it's it's going to have that you know, weird New Zealand humor to it. 
Uh, I, I think anything Kevin Feige, I agree, will be great. I, you just kind of said, I'm intrigued about Taika Waititi's. I think he's going to come up with some really funky, esoteric, weird. I think the force is going to be really involved with it in a very like almost I think, hippie, hippie way. And I think that even if not, and he just does a one-off kind of whatever film he wants to do in any whatever genre you're gonna have great characters we're all gonna laugh they're all gonna have heart and i think we're all gonna fall in love with whatever characters he chooses i'll, I'll make present. you a bet what he's probably gonna do he's probably gonna make a droid movie that would be really cool i've seen a lot of speculation online because he shared like one kind of piece of art which is really was really abstract but people were saying maybe it'll be something back really early tens of thousands of years back or before even the republic and maybe even jedi stuff or kind of like i said more whimsical nomad jedi stuff whatever he does i think the trode idea is really cool i think that falls in the comedy realm and which i think he would do wonderfully with and maybe even he'll find some eu material to mine off yeah. of i think he's he's self-admittedly a huge eu fan so anything eu would be great for him to take um but i'm excited yeah i am too i definitely am. i mean honestly dude these are both two great people uh cool so so can i do ahead. this one that's why I, that why i was pointing that's why i was pointing <laughs> oh no no i thought you had sent something in the chat i'm like hey, i'm waiting for like sean oh he just sent an article he sent a link and he's no. pointing and i'm like no crickets, no crickets. crickets no no take i definitely want you that's i was actually going to segue for you to take this next one because this is um something that is near and dear to your heart this universe so take it away my friend yeah, definitely. Now the CD now the CW um, has not ordered Green Arrow in a Canary series, which they was rumored to order after the launch of you know obviously the ending of Arrow and you know uh, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth and things like that. Uh, you know, and this ties back into a Jones Corner topic that we discussed a few weeks back. And if you haven't seen it, please log into our YouTube channel and check it out, Scene Invaders. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Like, this is, a, is this a good thing? Is this something we care about? Like, I, I'm, I'm confused. Like, I thought I was going to care about this a lot. I, like, when mm -hmm. I first saw it, I thought I was going to be mad, but I really wasn't. I, I think Sean, the problem is with this especially was we spent so much time with Oliver Queen, Felicity Smoke. Oliver Queen, Clean. Yeah, listen. Queen. Yeah. Okay. So we spent plenty of time with Oliver, Felicity, Diggle, everyone like that. Arrow had its beginning, middle, and end. We really felt like we had a successful real arc there. And to me, I don't know about you, and I, I kind of do, but I want the listeners to hear, but I was kind of pissed off when they started doing the future stuff because it was really lessening what Oliver's whole journey was about. And you know, tell them it was 50 years in the future, 60 years, but like Oliver literally became a godlike specter. He sacrificed everything for this. He really had a hero's journey. And they're just already showing you in the final couple seasons that the city's already jacked up like 15 years later. And Oliver Queen deserved better. And, and nothing, that shit pissed and nothing me off. Matters. And nothing matters. It pissed me off, right. Sean. And I'll, I'll, right. I've been pretty good. I've been very host-like. I've been trying to be my inner Daniel. But that shit is 
crazy. You know, it, it's, all right, sell all down there. No, because <laughs> John, right? We love the Arrowverse, and the Arrowverse has given a lot, but they've taken away a lot from the Arrowverse. And Arrow was a great show. You and I watched from beginning to end weekly, and did it have its stumbles and seasons? It did. But I really think Stephen Amell, I think Guggenheim, all of that Berlanti, they did a great job. And I just I didn't like that. I felt like it was lessened a little bit. So I am honestly glad that the series isn't continuing. I think it's pruning. It's just like Miyagi teaching Daniel son. You pinch the right branches and you let it be. So I, I think that will make the other shows shine. I think you're right. I think you're right. Like you have a lot of passion. You're blinking. You're blinking. Like you're, you're writing a book in Morse code. Um, I mean, listen, like you said, there was a bunch of years that we devoted to this series. I loved it. It had a great send off, but there's more things coming, folks. Like we have Superman and Lois, you know, we have uh, Stargirl, which is jumping from the DC universe, failed DC universe uh, streaming platform to CW. I mean, I love, I love Green Arrow, but I want to watch new stories. I want new characters, you know, and like, and you're right. I wasn't a fan of the future stuff. So good riddance. So I think overall, like we said, they're going to prove you've talked about it. I think we're going to have a lot of Chone's Corner stuff with the, all the you know, remaining Arrowverse. Everything's going to start to get kickstarted again. Flash, so. DC, D, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Hopefully, Sean, with the Arrowverse, with the time they've had off, they've been able to, with what is still remaining and the show's going on, they've had some time to get the writing where it needs to be. Well, not even that, but also to understanding of where – what your audience wants and what your audience doesn't want. Like there was no reason why they had to cancel Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing was a great love Swamp Thing series. That season one was go check it out. People just check it out. Definitely. Really? Definitely check it out. I've tweeted at them so many times and a couple of the stars actually like liked my tweet and stuff, but like, yeah, seriously, especially with this HBO max deal and having all this money, like of course they can throw it out there, you know, but Uh yeah, I agree. So overall, the Arrowverse, just like anything DC, it's a day to day thing. We're going to we're really obviously we're looking forward to seeing what happens. We wish them nothing but the best, but we will be here one way or another to cover it. And especially well, Stephen, Mills, Stephen Mills doing a show that you're probably going to be interested in the heel. Yeah, the wrestling show. Um Actually, it was funny. I was talking to Danny about this. Uh, I haven't talked about this on the show, but we'll do this like on a later show. We'll talk a little bit more in depth. I'm a big, big wrestling guy. I've been to the last five WrestleManias that have taken place. Now, last year's was canceled. Stephen Mel is doing a family, small, independent wrestling based kind of show it's a fictional show but he obviously he's been involved in different matches and different promotions he's wrestled here and there so he's a big fan of wrestling i'm a big fan of wrestling i know drew danny's brother also occasional co-host um he actually wrestled so those are things that you know we yeah. could talk about more on the show here and there on youtube probably more so just kind of separately but maybe big wrestling events pay-per-views we'll we'll talk about but before we go sean i want to know um did you have anything that you are going to be watching this week that you want the listeners to maybe also watch good question no not yet i'm not sure um you yeah well, I yeah i i know well have I particularly though i do want to did, didn't you pick up a book that oh, I you... did pick up, oh yeah i did pick up a book yes i did yes I, a book without any pictures folks which is odd for me but uh yeah i picked up a book i actually funny enough i have it right here 
I picked it up. It's an older book. It's Abduction by uh, Dr. John Mack, Human, Human Encounters with Aliens. Uh, it's an interesting book, man. It really is. I'm uh, about chapter, only chapter two actually mm -hmm. but it's kind of a freaky book you know john mack was a was the head of the harvard psychology uh you know harvard psychology department back in i think it was like the 80s 90s and he was one of the first people to psychologically treat abductees he was he went out to uh, africa when the landing happened and talked to the kids and stuff like that and like oh the book's book's interesting there's one part where uh there's one young lady she's just about to sit down and talk to the you know psychologist and whatever and she shows her a picture and he shows her a picture and she gets really upset she went from being really calm to really super upset and she asks where did you get that picture and it's a drawing of one of these creatures that they saw and he goes oh well it's a drawing from somebody else from halfway around the country freaky and she gets freaky upset. She gets super upset. She starts crying because she realizes that this weird, freaky dream that she had may not have been a dream at all. It may have been real. Ooh, and that's a pretty good tease. I think you you, you might just get a little bit of royalties. That's a that's better than the Amazon link. So, uh, Sean will be reading that, and I'll give my recommendations. He will simply be watching the first episode of the Reality Guys. Remember, first episode of Reality Guys is on YouTube. That's a Scene Invaders Plus original production. Uh, I also definitely want to continue with Ozark. I'm hooked in now with Ozark. Uh, I'm also going to check out, like I said, the second novel in this High Republic series. Um, and then I think going forward from there, we will obviously have the first two episodes of WandaVision this week. And yes. The Servant, uh, season two premiere, Danny and I are big fans of that show. We've talked about even doing something, a review of each episode for that. So look out for that on Apple TV+. Plus. Again, next Friday is going to be a great content day, which means the next couple of weeks are going to be great content for us. And that means for you guys, Sean, thanks for jumping in. Uh, we did it without El Capitan. We're looking forward to having him back next episode. But really appreciate you and uh great as definitely. always my friend definitely man and also too like bill said please keep uh keep liking and subscribing all our material on uh, on youtube we have a we have a new we have a couple new jones corners that are coming out uh we have a expose that's near and dear to my heart that's coming out for the local comic book shops in my area and possibly if it goes really well possibly the comic book share shops in your area as well um also too make sure you guys are leaving us five stars uh on itunes as well please we have a we have a goal and you guys are doing great seriously we really haven't we are really getting there and we want to no thanks to you guys we want to thank our all you guys we want to also again mention and thank our sponsor steve del carlino cruise planners dell's travel company really anything anywhere in the world you want to do anything he's your man Please, please stay to the end of the episode. You can listen how to get on his mailing list. Until next episode, I'm Bill. I'm Chone. Chone out. Guys, thank you. Kick your vacation planning into high gear. From exotic destinations like Asia and the South Pacific to Europe, Alaska, and tropical beaches around the world, Cruise Planners will help you find the perfect vacation spot so you can let loose and be you. Contact Steve Del Carlino from Cruise Planners by calling 610-368-0908 or at dellstravelcompany.com for the best vacations at the best value. 
Oh, thank you.